we're all human here the show about being human in relationship with other people we're your hosts jessica jeremy and lavinia martin weber we're from a family of nine jeremy and i are the parents of that family and lavinia is one of the kids i'm the second oldest (laughs) second therefore the better one A need for validation. You know, we're gonna talk about oh my that. Gosh. <laughs> if your big sister were here, she may object to that statement. Oh, oh she actually she, would probably agree. She probably she would. Probably would. And then you'd feel bad about it. And then yourself. you would feel terrible. Nope. <laughs> I never feel bad. <laughs> you all are the best. Uh, we are talking specifically today about conflict and why humans have a conflict. And this is only coming from a place of expertise based on the fact that we've had lots of conflict in our lives. So much conflict. So also, much. we're human. And we're human. And humans have conflict. But we are not therapists, psychologists, or otherwise human specialists no. or behavior specialists or anything like that. We highly recommend seeing a therapist, though. It's a really great thing for anyone at any stage, for any reason, even if you can't even come up with one. I love therapy. Therapy's great. (laughs) We love that you love therapy. So much. (laughs) I'm serious. And sincere. It's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Cheap therapy. So, in our next show, we'll be talking about steps of resolution, Mm. how to resolve fights or conflict, uh, steps that you can take both as a parent with your own children and in relationships with others. But today we're specifically focusing on the reasons people fight and kind of focusing, emphasizing sibling conflict, but this really comes down to conflict for, well, anyone. In fact, most of what we've learned about conflict came from us learning how to resolve conflict, Jeremy, you and I together. Yes. That's that's been the basis right, yes. for it all well, anyway. Before we had kids, we had conflict then too. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> Who we, knew? We... <laughs> and I have conflict with my friends. And you and you'll have conflict with your coworkers and you'll have yep. conflict with your other family members. It's just it's the deal. It's And my teachers. Conflict. Yep. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry, did I <laughs> Actually this first point is is something is why I had conflict with a friend recently, mm. um, and it is a vi- violation of boundaries. My boundaries weren't being respected, mm-hmm. and that created conflict between us. So for boundaries to be respected, they have to be clearly communicated. That's true and established. Was that a part of the conflict for you guys? Um, it wasn't, like, established, but I definitely was, like, knock it off, and they did not stop. (laughs) So then at that point, then it was, like, at first my boundaries were being, like, like, not respected, um, but then he didn't, like, they didn't really know, but then once I was, like, okay, cut it out, then, like, okay, now they were absolutely, um, Mm -hmm. like, violating my boundaries, Mm -hmm. and then I was, like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) I was not happy. Words like knock it off and no and stop, stop. and don't are clear uh, boundary, you know, making lines. Mm-hmm. Li- lines yeah. Um, so them not listening to you saying that um, is definitely a violation of a, of a very clear boundary. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's also interesting when you're talking about dynamics outside of a family unit. Yeah. Uh, and in our home, we have a very hard 
boundary guideline rule. In fact, it's one of, it's one of the only things that we say is a rule. Most everything we say is a guideline right. or a boundary. Um, but this we say this is a hard and fast rule. This is a rule and that if you if you um, violate, it will get you in so much right. trouble. There are very few things in our family that it's like, oh, if that happens, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, this is mm, one of them. This is one of if, them. If somebody says stop or no, or don't, or otherwise communicates non-verbally, uh, any kind of discomfort with what's happening to their body in particular. Right. And this like is... Like when you're tickling and then their laugh suddenly sounds right. not like a laugh. And you don't respect that. You don't stop and check and be like, are you okay? Do you want this to stop? Because tickling actually is an interesting one. I know families who have a no <laughs> tickle policy. Right. Really? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh -huh. And it's a really hard, you know, hard line for them. Uh, we allow tickling <clears throat> in our family, but we, because sometimes people really do enjoy it. They have fun. It's a way of physical contact that is comfortable for mm -hmm. them. But there are others who don't like it ever in any setting, circumstances at all. Mm -hmm. And so for our kids, for our family, tickling is allowed, but it has to be mutual. Yep. And it has to, there's a lot of check-ins. Are you yeah. okay with this still? Yeah. Are you sure you want me to? And then we do the, the teasing, like right now our youngest really thinks tickling is hilarious. And yep. I, I can even just do this to her and she's giggling and laughing. Here comes the spider yeah, and she's and, already and laughing. And she's already laughing. And I don't, mm -hmm. and, and I, I use that as a way to gauge, is she still really okay with this? Does she really want to? Or is it just the thrill that maybe it could Tease happen? Tease the yeah. tickle. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you don't stop when somebody says stop Ooh. then you, that is a hard line in our family that is that will bring a very uh authoritarian response it's one of the mm -hmm. few things that gets that yeah um is if you are not respecting somebody's physical space mm -hmm. and boundaries mm -hmm. um in terms of their actual body right uh it, it's a little bit different when it's you know if you're being annoying and it's not about physical, uh, then we have a slightly different approach to that, but it's it's still expected to be yeah. respected. Actually, your, your conflict with your friend mm. um, recently uh, that you, you had mentioned served as a good wake-up call or reminder for us all as a family. We, we've been, it's been pretty smooth sailing. People respect mm -hmm. this hard and fast rule very well now. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really rare when we have to call out someone crossing that particular boundary. It's very rare. But um, but we've not had the opportunity to enforce that with people outside of our family. Yeah. In a while. And we were all kind of shocked when it happened. Yeah, didn't it, know I how was... to respond. But now we've talked it through. We know exactly how to respond. <laughs> and that is to put anyone, anytime, in their place when well, that kind of boundary is violated. And one of the things that was amazing that came out of that conversation was the seven-year-old was empowered when we met as a family. We mm. had a family meeting about this whole because thing, Because it actually. happened with my, like, in front of the yeah, In front family. of everyone. Every, yeah, yeah, well, we every were, almost all of us were here. And, and the <laughs> seven-year-old now real, uh, knows that, no, when you see it happening, even with a big sister, you get to be, she said no. That's right. <laughs> and it was very empowering for her to hear that. All right. I'm curious. <laughs> what do, what causes fights in your home and mm. your family or in outside of your home in relationships? Where, what are the sources of conflict? Uh, what how triggers it? What time does it tend to happen? Uh, that's one of the things we're going to talk about in just a moment. Um, and then what do you guys do with it? Or do you, do you, are you still trying to figure out what you do with it? I'd love to hear what it is you do, what kind of brings on conflict. I, I think so many people think that all other families don't ever have conflict. Like it's, it's the, they assume that conflict is only happening in their home. But the truth is conflict is pretty typical. It's really pretty normal. Yeah. I mean, do you, do your friends have 
conflict in their their families and oh yes yeah what the heck probably more than than our family actually yeah. that I've noticed <laughs> um, well or or like it 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 happens more often because they don't ad actually like healthily address uh -huh. the conflict ah well if you never resolve any conflict exactly then it piles on and and it's just like you know there's conflict between siblings and the parent like picks a side um, mm. and then they're like. Okay, stop or go to your room or something. Right, it, right, right. It's not actually resolved. They at all. shut it down, yeah. but they don't address it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was what I grew up with, by the way. Uh, that was. Uh, it, so I've I've experienced I've seen the shutting down where mm -hmm. it's just like a parent kind of getting involved forcefully and then determining real quick like this is what's going to happen now and and you're wrong and you're mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. the end right. so mine were quieter about it but the punitive measures were there every, right. you know every time so okay so we figured out okay great so you <laughs> go to your right. room and you come here i'm gonna put soap in your mouth and what right. you know they they tried to be fair which the punitive measures in when I was growing up often just led to more resentment. Like now, right. now you got me in trouble. You and, and it doesn't feel fair. And it just we never, as siblings, then resolved our conflict, or with our parents resolved conflict, or uh, and so. Oh, and say you're sorry. And say you're so, yeah, a forced apology, a, a forced uh, some sort of punitive uh, discipline, uh, and then and then just resentment. The conflict itself actually just kept going under the surface and right. now now there was conflict but your parents just didn't see it right and yeah okay so this oh, is key and we'll talk more about this next that's time interesting. So you get better at hiding it if it's never resolved I think you do and you realize that what really matters is what people see instead okay. of dealing with things we then work on our image and how mm. we present Isn't ourselves and and that just I think buries things deeper um, I also, I do feel like I need to say, uh, there's a difference between conflict that's normal and healthy and conflict that isn't conflict, it's abuse. Uh, uh, whether that's gaslighting or physical abuse, uh, there's, you know, there's manipulation or intimidation. And, and intimidation and, and those kinds of things. And there's yeah. physical abuse and that bullying. is bullying and that can happen between siblings that can oh, happen yeah. in any kind of relationship actually couples romantic relationship yeah. it can happen in friendships for that matter i've been bullied by my children mm -hmm. and chances are we've bullied our own children oh I, I know we've bullied our children yeah. uh we we actually realized some of the parenting strategies we thought uh -huh. were proper parenting techniques were actually now we see as bullying mm -hmm. practices right. Uh, and I've bullied my parents. And, you, and my I wasn't going to name any names. It's fine. I, was the, I know who I am. I'm really... I was the bully. I've <laughs> been the main bully. Oh, no, we worked it out, though. Yeah, we like, did. And, and, we I did. Was, and I was a bully, um, especially to the younger sister who was right after me. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was mean. I was, I was horrible. And I recognized that. And it took... Years of me um, having to 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 work on myself mm -hmm. right. and work on my relationship with her, um, and and now we're best friends. Right, you guys are super we are close. so close. Super she is close. my best friend. But I remember there being a time when I would sit you down and I would tell you, you are you are doing things in your relationship with your sister that are damaging it for maybe forever. You may never be able to get this back. Well, mm -hmm. and it did take like It took about years. three years. Yeah, we were talking the other day and she said three years. Yeah, for me. Imagine if you hadn't decided that it was a yeah. priority to you to reconcile that relationship. You would 
probably 20 years from now still be like, wow, I really messed that up. I still feel horrible. Aww. Even though we're really good, like, we're best friends, I'm still like, oh my gosh. Well, some, of the, some of the, it wasn't even just, like, violating her boundaries and being annoying. I was, like, psychologically mean to her. You were. Mm -hmm. You were. And manipulative. Yes. Fortunately, we had an example or two to, um, to, 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 uh, well, use as an example <laughs> for, for you, um, because my brother did the same thing with me. Yeah. Uh, and 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 we were also able to say that um, by the way, uh, my relationship with my older brother is still completely broken. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was motivating for you to do something about it, but it took a lot of yeah. effort. And the first thing was understanding why people fight. So the first uh, first one you gave is a uh, reason you gave is violation of boundaries. Yep. The second one is sensory stimulation seeking or avoiding. And this is particularly for those who have some form of neurodiversity, uh, but really it can be anyone. And, and keep in mind that neurodiversity, um, people tend to focus on uh, autism and the autism spectrum, uh, but that can actually manifest in a number of ways. Uh, a lot yeah. of your uh, gifted children or twice exceptional children who maybe have a learning disability and a giftedness uh, also are neurodiverse. You've got children, um, <laughs> just people, ADD. <laughs> um, ADD, ADHD, yes, that's yeah. also a form of neurodiversity, something you understand. Yes. Uh, and then there are those who, who need, like for you, a weighted blanket, and that's a sensory seeking, mm -hmm. and then sensory avoiding. Uh, those who need more like sound, being quiet, and different different manifestations mm -hmm. of this. But that that is a particularly challenging reason because these are kids, these are people whose brains are working in a, a little bit of a different way, or in a much different way, yeah. and some of it they cannot control. And yeah. they cannot override. And so it's under, it's one of the things we have found is understanding that this can be a reason then means we have to understand how to better help them, uh, how we can better support them. And it doesn't excuse behavior that is uh, abusive. It does not excuse bullying. It does not excuse hurting people at all. But it does help us understand that this person may be doing something, um, especially if it's sensory seeking. We will have times in our family where a fight breaks out because somebody is sensory seeking in some way. And so they're making a repetitive noise or they're stemming in some way and they're doing things that is just really freaking irritating to those oh, around them. So they're, they're, they're just doing it for themselves. Right. Like they're not even trying to annoy other people. For me, sometimes if I'm sensory seek seeking, I'll try to annoy people. Because you right. you like the reaction, the response. Yeah. You need that interaction. <laughs> and you'll be really annoying. <laughs> But we have to get to why it's happening to begin to address things. I like, do it in an endearing way now. No. <laughs> you think it's endearing. <laughs> but often it's still like, okay, I understand what's going on here. I need you to find another way to do this that Dang isn't <laughs> going to then be triggering for somebody else. But um, sometimes she just needs a human-sized fidget spinner. Pretty much, react. actually. That's pretty much true. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, and that, our third reason. Uh, third, and these are in no particular order. No. These are just we brainstormed the other day and came up with 11 uh, things that turned into m more than that. Uh, the third one we have listed here is um, anxiety and stress. And uh, I, I feel like that goes without saying. That's almost always why I am a source of conflict. If I am mm. the one who is creating conflict, it's almost, I, I can be like, why am I doing this when I have that moment? And I'll realize, oh, 
I'm stressed. Yeah, I think for me too, <laughs> as well as being um, sense, uh, sensory overload. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, sensory avoiding for you. Yeah, because, you know, in a family this size, with, with a, a fair number of extroverts, um, it can get quite loud. And, and for, if it happens for too long, then I want to run away from the noise. Right. All right. I love this question from Tony. Um, and I almost mentioned this. Tony, we'll go into this a little bit more next week. She says, okay, so I have a seven-year-old that is neurotypical, but my youngest is autistic. How do I help my oldest understand that when his brother hugs him, he is seeking deep pressure comfort and sometimes he doesn't want to be touched? Um, so this is really challenging. We had a meeting in our family a few months ago where we all went around and talked about the things that we, we just said, the things that either feel really good or that are really annoying for us. And we had somebody explain that it gives her actual physical shivers to hear spoons scraping against her uh, bowls mm -hmm. and, and metal against metal. And so at dinner, sometimes she gets real snippy at the, the dining room table when we're eating a meal because it just becomes so much stimulation for her to hear this sound that gives her physical shivers uh, and so she has a hard time and then we all brainstormed together it was eye-opening for others to realize oh mm -hmm. and so people talked about how we could help lessen that sound serving things up in different types of dishes in the kitchen before we bring them to the table kind of things and then what she could do and sometimes we'll look over and she'll be sitting at the table like this yeah. Uh, waiting for most of the serving to be done so that she isn't so stimulated. Uh, and then we all did that. We all went when around. We're at the end of a meal and people are just scraping the last the couple last. of bites or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's well, you, know, you normally see her, she leaves the table and kind of dances around yep. in the living room. Uh -huh. And it helped us understand because I'm like, get back to the table. You haven't asked to be excused. And I'm like, oh, she's avoiding the sound that's actually causing a physical reaction mm -hmm. to her. Um, so we talked about it. You shared the things that are a lot for you. Yes. I shared the things that are a lot for me. You shared. We all went around and shared. And and hearing each other explain it. And then actually some of us would be like, oh, also I've noted noticed this. Is this a thing for you? Mm -hmm. And people would be, oh, yeah, that is a thing. Um, you and the pressure, the, 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 it's very similar to this boy. You need oh. the tight hugs. So does one of our other children. Mm -hmm. Needs really tight hugs and seeking the deep pressure comfort. Uh, and so we've... As a family, we've shared what those areas are for us as individuals, and then we've talked about, then you may be seeking this, but that doesn't mean somebody is required to supply that to right. you. So we also help enforce boundaries. Somebody can say, I can't do the hug right now. Right. I can't do that, uh, but... Which is preceded by an ask. It's can gotta I be hug asked. you? Can you hug me? Yep. And then with the, yeah, I mean, then it's a choice. Yes, yes, fine, I'll hug you. Yep. Or no, not a good time right now for me. And when the younger ones who have a hard time remembering to ask or who just kind of burst out with whatever is coming, uh, we, we will validate the older ones who are feeling frustrated. Yes, it is a lot that she just came up and hugged you without asking. Or climbed on or top of climbed you. on top of you. Or is shrieking at the top of her lungs. Or is, you know, we, we acknowledge that. We agree. We validate. Mm -hmm. It is a lot. And we understand that feeling of it being a lot and that's totally fine mm. um, and then we help them get the space and so we as as adults or the older people in the, the space try to step in and help those that are navigating this uh, with the younger ones who are feeling overwhelmed mm -hmm. so and one of the things too is uh, that we've all, we've communicated to our children that we don't expect them to resolve their own conflicts all the time if mm -hmm. they aren't getting what they need uh, in terms of resolution of a conflict they are always welcome to come to me 
or their mother uh, for support mm -hmm. and help in, in resolving that. In fact, one of the things we'll do is we'll just ask, hey, do we need some help over here? Yep. And that gives them the chance to say, no, we've got this, or yes, I need help, or no, I don't need help, they need help, <laughs> which does happen too. Right. <laughs> but we ask that to give them the chance to kind of, it, it helps them step back and kind of evaluate where mm -hmm. they are on that. And we can, if the help, if what the help, if the help they need is just space from their sibling, then we can help enforce that for yep. them. Yep, and that's fine too. Yeah. All right, next one. Aha! <laughs> the next one is boredom. 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 Huge cause of conflict. Oh my gosh, that's a big one for yeah. me. And you couple that with sensory seeking. Oh, and, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, like just, especially, that happens mostly for me in the evening when right. Helena and I are just in our room, kind of like doing our own thing, reading on our phones, being creative, whatever. And I'm just like, I get bored with what I'm doing. And then I <laughs> lean over to, on her side and I just stare at her. There's nothing like a bored extrovert who is sensory seeking. And she's just like... Uh, paired with an introvert, introvert. <laughs> that wants some space. She just... She, who is sensory avoiding. That's right. I think, I they think, share a room. I do. <laughs> I think I actually, used to fight so much. I, oh my gosh. I have a video of me being bored one night and and I was just I would stick my I'd press record and then stick my phone onto her. That's so annoying. <laughs> and her being like, "What?" That was satisfying for you, wasn't it? it was yeah. And I like to look She's at those videos. Uh-huh. Well, and you did what with those videos? I like to look at them. Oh, you like okay. I haven't posted them anywhere yet. Good. But yes. you won't without, you won't and you no, wouldn't no, without express no, no, no. permission no. from her. She thinks right. they're funny though too. There's one mo there's one part where she's on her phone and I I stuck the phone over on her side and I just start giggling and she looks up at my phone and then she's like, I'm texting and it's very funny. Yeah. I'm fortunately what? texting. Fortunately she recognizes that it's not personal for you and you're not actually trying no, to No, see if I tried that thing to be mean. Right. If I tried that four years ago she would um because it would come be a very long way. different. Well, mm -hmm. because four years ago there was so much conflict and you did do it for your amusement, you did do it for sensory seeking, you did right. Right. You did these things because it was kind of fun and entertaining for right. you. So everything you did was interpreted yeah. as trying to get a rise out of it. Right. right. And now she can be like, she's not trying to be mean to me. She's just stupid. <laughs> that also did and, happen. And Helena also, she knows, uh, first off, I I know she has like a voice when she's actually, she doesn't want right. to do anything. When she's done. I can tell uh, like, okay, no, I'm done. But you've learned how to read that. That's true. Yes, you did. And she's also, and, and sometimes if I can't pick up on that, um, then she also will be like, I I'm really not feeling this right now. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, cool, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another reason is jealousy. Jealousy is a big one. Uh, this tends to be an underlying sibling rivalry, uh, but it can be anything. It can be between uh, partners. If one partner feels that the other partner gets more of a break or the other partner is getting to pursue something that's more fulfilling to them, or if that partner, there could be jealousy for any number of things. I've had times where I was jealous of you getting to drive home. I was like, that 15 minute drive home without somebody talking to right. you sounds like heaven to me. And so there, it could be anything, and, mm -hmm. and jealousy that is unresolved uh, can easily lead to fighting. <laughs> All right, uh, number six. Number six, lacking communication skills. And so, so, yeah, if you don't have the tools at your disposal to communicate clearly, it can lead to huge levels of frustration, mm -hmm. which then is um, 
<laughs> communicated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Instead of what you actually want to communicate, you're just communicating your frustration. Well, and then with that comes shame, which I think we talk about a little bit, that sometimes... But if we don't, yeah. shame. Shame, yeah, <laughs> shame. Well, and, and shame for, like, internalized shame that I feel this way, or that, and then I don't know how to communicate it, and it just creates this whole shame spiral. Mm -hmm. So when we first made this, I was thinking of little kids. Uh, well, me too. I was thinking, you know, little kids lacking communication skills. They're our toddler, there's conflict because she can't figure out how to say mm -hmm. something, and so she just shrieks it and throws things. And then I realized, no, actually, there are times where I'm lacking communication skills, and that creates conflict because I'm the one who's, I'm an adult, I'm the parent, I'm supposed to be calm, I'm supposed to know uh, how to handle something, and hey, right. <laughs> so, no, I didn't laugh at you because you don't do it, I laughed because that's an unrealistic expectation for yourself. It is. Very true. Okay, but one of our first conflicts in our relationship before we had kids um, involved uh, a communication skill issue. Uh, which was, uh, I didn't feel like I, I was your linguistic match. Mm -hmm. uh, I could not keep up with you in terms of your, your like mental processing. And so what I wanted to do was, was be able to spend some time on my own and figure out my own thoughts mm -hmm. before coming back together and talking. And then I felt a little intimidated because you could just, you could just think so much faster than I could, or so it felt. Uh, and, and I wasn't sure that you, I wasn't confident that you would give me the time and space that I needed to create responses right. in my own head. Uh, and, uh, and so that was my, what I felt like was my lack of communication skills. Absolutely. And I, I then took you wanting space as rejection and abandonment and you just weren't going to deal with a conflict right. and you were running away. So then I'd follow you and that, none of that worked. <laughs> it was all bad. I think <sighs> on the flip side too, though, of, of, um, you saying that you, like, yeah, you, you, that your side of, um, lacking a communication skill. Um, I think it's also another flip side to, cause I'm the same way as mommy where I can just fire off responses really mm -hmm. fast. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we, we can sometimes lack that communication skill of of slowing down and letting other people get Absolutely. a word in. I'm so glad you've learned wow. this because I feel like we worked so hard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, and it's also it's be it's become a point of. Um, actually, you were a big a big player in that, um, Daddy, because I really I I hate seeing you upset and I hate being the cause of you being upset. Mm. So when we would fight and I would bully you and not let you get a word in, um, and then seeing you just shut down, I was like, oh no. <laughs> Which really... Which was worse than me getting upset. I, I assume. Daddy shutting down was worse than him being angry oh, and expressing not. it. Yeah, it is worse. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. is worse. It's much worse. Sorry, and, I kind of see him as the same thing, but I guess like being upset and angry and shutting no, down. No, that's still being angry. in the moment where right. when I would shut down, it was like, you I'm done here. Right. Yeah. That is horrible to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I didn't see any alternative. And we worked hard at it. Like, exactly. I would actually be like, okay, so you guys are going to have your conflict and I would basically be your referee. Like, wait, just wait. Do you see how he's breathing? Do you see how... And you'd be like, okay. Because you wanted to learn how to do this, and I would it, because I relate very much mm. to the I mm. when I'm in the moment, I'm passionate, and I'm angry, and I have thoughts to share. They come out fast, and I can make it so that nobody else can get a right. word in edgewise. And if they do, I can dismantle their argument quickly. And well, what it's what it's helped me realize though is that Daddy and I have that kind of relationship intimacy. 
um, a, you know, just a family member where he can show me that he's shutting down and he's upset. But what made me realize is that in like a social setting with people that I'm not that close to, they yes. can shut down and I wouldn't even know. No. And so that was a terrifying thought for right. me because I, I love people and I don't want people to be, I, I don't want to shut people down. Right. Um, so I, that, that was a real motivator for me to be like, oh, if I do this to daddy, I could do it to other people. Mm. Right. Um, but they won't even let me know that I've done it. Exactly. So it's a, a lack of communication skills isn't necessarily always a lack of being able to say what you want to say or right. needs right. to be said. Sometimes it's a lack of knowing how to listen, knowing how to listen to listen yep. and understand rather than to listen to develop your response, which was me. Mm-hmm. That was what I came from. And so a lack of communication skills is not just for little kids. This goes well into adulthood. Right. Uh, and many of us really then struggle with helping our children navigate conflict because we never learned how to navigate mm-hmm. conflict. Right. Communication is, is a two-way street. Right, which takes us actually to this next point. Yes, mismatched communication skills, which I feel like we just covered. We wow, did. we did. <laughs> and, and that is huge it is huge uh so often when we are helping navigate conflict with ourselves with other people it will come down to this issue a mismatch of Mm -hmm. communication skills Mm -hmm. different styles of communicating um and then patience and acceptance um tolerance is the wrong word but really like you we have very different communication styles. You have very communication, different mm-hmm. communication styles. You and Helena have very different communication styles. <laughs> Helena, Ophelia, me, and Helena, the first trio, completely different. Commu- like even yes. Ophelia and Helena, I feel like they're closer than than I am, yes. than I am to them, mm-hmm. but still completely different. Completely yes. different. And then you go on to the next one down, who is 12, also another set of completely oh different she, communication Sometimes types. I'm like, I don't even know how to talk to you. You're so mature and your communication yeah. skills are just out of this world. I just feel she, like, ah. She is very mature, which is a little intimidating in and of itself. It is very intimidating. <laughs> I'm like, your vocabulary is more advanced than mine and you're 12. And I don't really, I can give me a minute, please. <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. Hold up. Let me pull up my dictionary. She was, she was eight years old in second grade and you were annoying her at the table you were that's right do you I, she <laughs> shocked me she 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 made me like like stunned so I couldn't how, talk. Old, how old would you have been 16 yeah no 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 that was four years ago so you would have been 14 you okay. were 14 she was eight Oh, and what were, you were like nudging her under the table or something like that, using your foot. You know, I was just sensory seeking, annoying her. Yeah, pushing you buttons. <laughs> you were, you were. It was you were being a pain. I in was butt. being a pain. <laughs> and what'd she say? Well, she said, she said, um, stop. Well, she told me to stop multiple times. I didn't stop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I believe I said, Lavinia, she has said stop. You need to respect. No, nope, she blew up at me. Well, and I was like. Okay, yeah, sorry. And she, what did she say after I said sorry? She she, she slammed her hands, because I had told you to stop, and you agreed to, and then you kind of started doing it again anyway. And she slammed her hands down on the table, and she said, I have said stop. I have asked you to respect my boundaries. Are you going to stop or not? And you were like, okay, I'm sorry. And, and you did the whole... Uh, I'm totally wrong here, but now I'm, I've got attitude about being right. called out about it. And she said... This is what sorry is not enough. There needs to be a change in your behavior. And I was just like, uh, "Or sorry means nothing if if there's there's no no change change in your behavior." That's right. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" 
eight-year-old sister just schooled me <laughs> so much. I'm pretty sure Daddy and I were sitting there trying not to show that we were laughing and applauding because she was right. She was right. I can't even, like, my face must have been so dumb because I was just like... <gasps> also, come to find out, she had heard it from her second grade teacher. Second grade so a standing teacher. ovation for this guy. Yeah. He was such a positive influence for her. Uh, uh, and I'm so glad that she came home and schooled you. Oh, oh my gosh. And it was a glorious and it, enriched our, it enriched our whole family. It did. Uh, it became actually a We phrase. still say that. <laughs> we still said, yep. we need to see a change in the behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, yep, you're right. I'm sorry. Another <laughs> cause for conflict, a uh, very common cause for conflict, is personality differences, which mm -hmm. we've touched on quite a bit. Yes. Personality differences. Uh, and under, But understanding that conflict comes out of personality differences, your introvert and your extrovert is the most obvious. It's the easiest. Yeah, it's the easiest example. But there's there are your verbal processors, mm -hmm. and there are your, uh, just about anything. Let's say temperaments, too. You have your artists, and you have your mm -hmm. sporty people, and you have your, yeah, your yeah. thinkers, oh and gosh, you have, yeah. oh my, there's so, so much feelers, variety in there. Yeah. Your, your doers, your, mm -hmm. your listeners, your talkers, yeah. yeah. And that is going to be a huge uh, catalyst for conflict. What's important about it is that it doesn't become an excuse, right. but that it can help us understand. Right. We approach so much of life differently as individuals, and that's really wonderful and it can enrich things, but it can also make it challenging. And so we need to understand that it is never too early to start working on understanding personality differences. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's a huge piece. All right, this one. Who wants to take that one? Pain and trauma can be a source of conflict. It can be the catalyst <laughs> for conflict. Um, so several... Uh, um, our, our hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. Again, yeah. not an excuse. No, 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 no. No, but I remember when I went through something pretty traumatic like two years ago, and, um, and the coming up on the anniversary... Mm -hmm of that trauma, yep. um, I had so much anxiety mm -hmm. and I didn't know where it was coming from, mm -hmm. but the it body was, remembers. what's it called? Seasonal PTSD or something. Mm -hmm. And I just got, I was getting triggered and I had no idea why. Right. So then I was very just explosive and because if I, it's one thing for me to have anxiety and know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. It's another thing for me to have anxiety and have no clue where it's coming from, which right. gives me more anxiety. Right. right. Um, it's very unsettling, but the body and the brain remembers trauma. Yeah. And, and it comes out often in anxiety. It's not the only way it can be right. manifest, but, um, it is a pretty common way. And I get snippy and mad at people. Oh yeah. And just like for breathing. It was like, <laughs> yeah. what is like, happening? For breathing. And, and it wasn't until like, I finally realized it and, 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 and even, and that even just brought up more trauma for me. Like, oh yeah, I remember now. And, and I'm so like, I'm hurting and I'm sad. Right. Um, but once I like told you guys, once I figured that out, um, it was easier for us to navigate. But even still, like even last year, I I, right. I right. still struggled still with struggled. it. Yeah. And and we do a couple of things with that then, where we we have to take on the responsibility of saying, okay, my reaction or how I'm feeling is not about this person, and I do right. not need to hurt them because mm -hmm. I am struggling. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's some some element, but you have to be mature enough to do that. That's and, so true. And you you know not everybody is going to be in a place where they can do that. Uh, right. Also, two years ago. Uh, one of our children was experiencing severe bullying at school. Yes. Um, the, the kind that we had actually never, we hadn't had experience with. Um, the, this bullying, the bully had targeted her actually as 
the friend this bully wanted mm -hmm. and then went about systematically alienating, social alienation, um, and cutting off all of her friends. And in doing so... And hurting then and, all and hurting of the them. friends that she had already Physically hurting them. Mm -hmm. Emotionally hurting oh, yeah. them. Uh, like very stalker behavior. It was, it was, it got scary. It did get scary. Uh, and then, uh, and she would be told if she sat next to this, her best friend, her best friend before then, uh, at lunch, or if she sat next to this other person at art, um, that this, this bully was going to go kill herself. Mm -hmm. So our daughter was walking around with this tension of seeing her friends be hurt, of being cut off from her friends in order to protect them, and mm -hmm. then feeling responsible for this other person's well-being. Right. It was right. interesting. Right, so that if she does anything about it, well, this person would self-harm. And it was terrible. But we did not understand the yeah, extent. It pisses you off, doesn't it? It, it mm -hmm. does. But hurt people, hurt people, and this bully was hurting as well. Oh, yeah. Right. However, this we could doesn't not excuse it. No, it does not excuse it. It does not excuse how the school handled it. Um, but we we were not in we weren't in a place where we could actually help the bully as much as we would have liked to. Our responsibility was our daughter. Mm -hmm. But it took us a long time to understand the severity of the pain and trauma our daughter was going yes. through. We knew there were issues. We knew there was conflict. But it did take us. Um, too long to understand how severe this conflict well, was. And because she was like, I can't do anything about it at school, she would she let did. out all of her tension yes. and frustration all at of home. It. She was so angry. Oh, she was angry all the time, and she was mean, and she was cruel, and she was hurtful intentionally towards people, which shocked us. And we we wouldn't understand. Mm -mm. And then mm -hmm. we would we would we would respond back in turn like, Why are you doing this? She would start crying, and then I was like. Uh, what? Yeah, don't. Yeah, it, it would just our, our disappointment, our frustration, our uh, even the gentle things we were doing. Like we would say to her, "We know who you are. You are a kind and loving mm -hmm. and respectful person. And seeing you be unkind and unloving and disrespectful tells us that something is wrong. We want to help you. Help us." help you but she couldn't find the words she was afraid to tell because of the she was afraid of what would happen Sorry. if she did tell she was protecting she thought everyone but mm -hmm. that pain and trauma caused so much internal conflict from her in her that when she got to her safe place where she knew she would still be loved even if she was awful to us it came out and it took us seven months actually to resolve it the interesting thing is when we got an actual resolution in place for the bullying, the home conflict stopped, stopped instantly. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like that. It was. It was that day. We saw an immediate change. Yeah. She was, was, she was happier. Oh, everything was different. Yeah. So pain and trauma is a huge catalyst for conflict. And the pain and trauma may not be with the person that the conflict is with. The pain and trauma may be from someplace else, some other time even, but it is coming out in a way because of, you know, lack of communication skills or unresolved trauma in, in and of itself. Makes or it feeling like you're the person is going to hurt themselves. Or feeling like this. Or feeling out of control. <laughs> ah, our That's next funny, point. Because I was thinking more in terms of like, your uh, kids are, are maturing, they're growing up, and their bodies are growing at alarming rates, and so are their hormones, and mm -hmm. so is their... Mm -hmm brain function and so, you know their ability to think critically and all this stuff and then they feel like everything's out of control mm -hmm. um, but also it can be in in terms of yeah i'm being bullied systematically mm -hmm. at school and i have no control or so much of my control over my own life and decisions has been taken away from me that i feel like i have no power in that yes. uh, and that can be a cause for lashing out and um, generating conflict with with people that have nothing to do with that 
And it, it, there, uh, feeling out of control can come from just not knowing what the schedule is. What's our routine? You know, right. early summer, yeah. it's like, yay, we don't have anything. And I'm like, why are they fighting all the time? And it's, they, they, that sometimes they have a lack of routine and that leads in that lack of structure that actually leads to them feeling like their world is out of control and pff, it's explosive. Uh -huh. I mean, the, the most times I'm like snippy and stuff. I mean, the most times, a, a, um, a common thing is if I'm running late. Mm -hmm. And then I just start snapping at everybody because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm I'm out of control. I'm I'm out of time. Right. Stress. Stress. Yeah. And and also just like stop talking to me. I just shut up. <laughs> right. Because I just can't. And you're like, this is not a healthy way to handle it. But I don't have time. Right. Exactly. I'm out of control. <laughs> and I can and I can recognize that now. Um, I can be like, I'm sorry. I'm just stressed right. out because I'm yeah. running late. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess feeling out of control and stress go like. A stress can be a product of feeling out, out of, of control. control. Absolutely. Right. And so can anxiety. Um, all right, another one. This one is perfect for you. Oh, I know. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. Sarcasm and humor fail. So in a family whose <laughs> <laughs> primary love language is uh, sarcasm. Yeah, we do have a lot of sarcasm here. And we pride ourselves in teaching our children sarcasm at a young age, or at least using it with them. When they start reciprocating, it can lead to disastrous results. Oh my it's, and it's okay because it's it, it's actually sarcasm. I know some families who feel like sarcasm is never appropriate, but no. it, it's always <laughs> hurtful. But it, you just laughed at that. Families get to decide what's right for That's their right. family culture. I know. And I, I just feel like sarcasm is an intellectual sport. For some, it <laughs> okay, is. Okay, sarcasm can also be an actual two-by-four <laughs> to the head. Well, not physically, but... Like, well, it, that's why you have to hone your skills. <laughs> yes. Because... It's, it's where you have to read your audience. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you have to know your audience. And honing your skills takes time, it which does. is why sometimes it's a source of conflict. Right. I'm not... When you thought you were being sarcastic and funny, yes. and the person receiving it is like, that's not funny. It was mean, or it was flippant, or... or it was rude, or uh -huh. it was... What's well, that supposed to mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, and then the next thing you well, know... Well, that was stupid. What? What? That was stupid? <laughs> yeah. No, I was joking. Oh. It, there's so much, so yeah. much hurt. And the thing with sarcasm I mean. and humor is that sometimes we make a joke about something that is actually a sensitive trigger for the other yes. person. Oh, yes. And that, that means if you're going to use sarcasm and humor, you've also got to be really good at, I'm so sorry, that was uh -huh. out of line. At owning Own it, it when you <laughs> exactly. fail. When it, well, this is why when now when I... And I, this is also why, by the way, we don't do practical jokes in our um, family. Uh-uh. Um, we don't see the humor in it. No. But that's us. Other but that's us. Other families love it. Right. And it's fine. And I assume that when people cross boundaries within families that do practical joking, there's also that built-in, okay, yeah, I did that. It was meant no. to be funny. No. My family did loads really? of practical joking. Tons. And you never And owned... they really sucked at that part. Uh... I, I, I distinctly remember when I did a practical joke Sorry, on my dad. Joke, but... Sorry. Uh, I did a practical joke on my dad, and it actually really hurt his feelings. And I kind of didn't really think my dad ever got his feelings hurt. Um, you have feelings? Isn't that common for children to, so, to discover at yeah. some, some age? And it, I, I actually felt like I shouldn't have to apologize just because he didn't get the joke. And I remember... He did the same to you, I Well, bet. he did. Yes, very much so. Still does. Mm -hmm. um, and Your family has communication problems. My family <laughs> defined... When you look in the dictionary, it's like <laughs> communication problems. There's a picture of my original family. Oh my gosh. I um, love that dictionary. <laughs> I love that dictionary. <laughs> you know what's gonna be, you know what picture's gonna be next to loser? Oh, oh my uh, god, that's not funny. Me. I, don't, I don't joke about my kid that way. It's fine, you, uh, you didn't joke about it. It was me. I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> well, okay, so this is why, like, um, 
for sarcasm uh, and just kind of making like sarcastic jabs that are supposed to be funny. Right. I don't do that often. Um, first off, with people, I'd never do it with people outside of my family unless it's um, my best friend. I will do it with my best friend. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that's not because entirely that, true, but okay. that is our relationship. I remember when a certain coworker of mine came over for dinner and okay. you know, card game. You know what? You did We're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> because what I've learned is that I, I can't, I hurt people sometimes because uh. I don't read it or I. And, unintentionally hit on an insecurity for exactly. them. Exactly. Yes. Um, and that also came, that realizing that also came with me having my insecurities hit on by jabs mm -hmm. and stuff. Like mm -hmm. I, uh, being, j me, j people joking about me being like loud or um, bragging about something or talking, or talking, too, talking mm -hmm. too much, that is a huge trigger for my insecurity. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you're trying to be funny, but I'm actually, now I'm, I'm hurting. Right. Um, and now I'm embarrassed and insecure. And, and yeah, and, and, and on it. normally that will shut me down. I'll right. be like, okay, I won't talk, I won't be loud, I won't, you know, right. I'm done. Mm -hmm. um, right. And so now, now most of the time, um, unless I, like, if I know the person, then I will, I you know I can do that with them, mm -hmm. like you guys. Um, if not, then any other sarcastic, any sarcastic jabs I make are about myself. <laughs> right. But we also have a, a understanding in our family that if be, we don't joke like that with anyone, actually, other than you and the 10 year old now, the, uh, the others in the family, that's a no go. We don't make those kind of, of teasing jab things yeah, that are, and, because that's not a love language for them. Right. It is not something that they appreciate. It's also when they try it, sometimes they suck at it and I was like, ouch. Well, and <laughs> they suck at it because they don't get it. It, it doesn't resonate with them. Right. And so it's not, mm -hmm. it's not something. Now the 10 year old is really working hard at it. Whew. So and fortunately hard. she works at it mostly with you. Um, there's a lot of apologizing that comes with it. <laughs> yeah, she's hurt my feelings many <laughs> times. And I'm like, haha, not funny! Haha, <laughs> <laughs> me when I was didn't. Anyway. <laughs> I know, I can recognize that! And I can tell how my feelings are! <laughs> it's okay. It's true. I feel you. <laughs> uh, insecurity is a big cause of conflict, whether that's insecurity about a toy, uh, mm -hmm. that you'll ever get it back, that if you share it, that they won't break it, that they won't hurt it. Uh, borrowing clothes. I feel this way um, often with toys. With toys. I'm like, don't touch my toys. Don't touch my phone because you might somehow find a way to break it. No, I'm my rubber ducky. Your rubber ducky. <laughs> Don't go into my room. Don't go right, into Lavinia? my room. Insecurity that something may be found or insecurity. <laughs> There's that, nothing to find in my room. That, that they'll be respected. Uh, insecurity that they matter. Insecurity. Yes. You know, it could be anything. It could be insecurity about how they talk or how they say a word. Yes. Uh, things like that. How they walk. Mm -hmm. Anything. How they dress or who their friends are. Yes. Uh, it could be anything. So insecurity can very easily lead to conflict if it has been triggered in some way. And again, you may not realize that it, the insecurity is actually why the conflict is happening. Um, it may seem like this was just a tiny thing. Right. I don't understand why it's blown up into a, a fight or why they freaked out. And, you know, you think they res they're they obviously the ones responding wrong. Um, and Which is gaslighting. Right, it is. Ooh. And not owning then, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Even if I don't know what it is, help me understand what I did. Um, so insecurity is a big yes. one. Yes. Developmental stage, which I think, does that apply more to children? It, well, not necessarily, no. I don't think. Um, Please tell me more. I will tell you more. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, I feel like often, uh, especially at least for me, or for me and you guys, what I hear us saying a lot, um, like even a 16 year old, even myself, yeah. will will struggle with, um, and this also kind of goes into like 
yeah, lacking communication skills or mismatched communication skills. Right. Um, when talking to our younger sisters, and and if there's like you know maybe they're being they're frustrated with this kid for doing something, and when they want them to be doing something else, and you can hear uh, for, for me or you guys from a different room being like she's. She's seven, <laughs> right? Right. She's oh, gonna yes. forget. She's gonna dance That's, around. <laughs> that prompts the. Uh, um, well, I think the seven-year-old is acting her age. Are you, you acting, acting your, your age? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just a reminder about you know this is normal development, right. and we do talk about normal development. We recognize, uh, and we talk about it in both a a the sense of we need to understand other people's normal development, and we also need to understand that normal development it happens in a range. It's not like by this age it should be exactly right. like this. And for you to understand your own limitations, and especially as they become more aware, uh, the now 12-year-old, when she was 11, and we were having a conversation, she came to me and wanted to know, she was so disappointed with herself, she had blown up at somebody. Mm. And she had just, and, and she knew as it was happening that it was kind of a silly thing to be losing her cool about, that her reaction was disproportionate to whatever the issue was, right. that she was being mean, she was explosive, and she was out of control. And she was like, why am I doing this? And so I was like, okay, let's look at what's happening in your brain right now. And we talked about the hippocampus and the um, amygdala and what's growing and how this amygdala part of her brain was probably in a huge growth spurt, which meant that she was experiencing anger or frustration um, bigger than right. some of the other things. And that because it was in this big growth spurt, that the other parts of her brain that would help control it hadn't caught up. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about, we talked about hormones and we talked about, and, and she was like, so my brain is growing and it's making me mad. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. Yep. And and so it helped her just to understand that this was actually her body supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. This is normal. My body did it. Your body did it. Your body did it. Um, in fact, if a brain doesn't go through this stage, it's a sign that it's been traumatized right. and that there's something uh, that's holding it back. This development is important. Uh, and then she was like, so what do I do? Because I don't want to keep hurting people like mm -hmm. this. I don't... And, I, you know, we, we came up with some strategies. Mostly it was recognize that when it's happening, you feel it coming and you say to somebody, I am getting very angry right now and I don't want to hurt you, so I need to take some space before we right. come back to right. this. And that that's... And she kind of... It comes out very fast. It often comes out very angry. And she, then she's gone. Like, she just... <laughs> poof. <laughs> or if you're a teenager and you make stupid decisions <laughs> and you're like... Why? And, you, you know, you're like, why did you do that? And it's just kind of, ah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't think about it because that's a part of the brain rental development. Lobe. This is why lobe, you can't yeah. actually rent a car until you're 25 because your frontal lobe isn't fully connected to the rest of your brain, which it's important that it's the, it's, it helps critical make, thinking. yes, critical, critical thinking. thinking and connecting consequences, right. actions and consequences. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's yeah. so like, so what What did you think was going to happen when you did that stupid thing? I, I wasn't thinking about that. I just wanted to, to do a stupid thing. Because also impulse control. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which which has allowed us as parents to be a lot more patient with our teenagers. That's true. And and if it, if it hurts people or puts up, puts people in danger or, your, or the, the, you know, the person in danger, mm -hmm. um, and you ask us why, and we're like, I don't know, I'm my brain isn't done developing yet, then... We can recognize that, be like, okay, mm -hmm. all right, but also that is you also need to take like responsibility. Oh uh, yeah, it doesn't excuse. And, and the consequences yes. still happen. Right. And now right. we have to talk about what do we do to 
keep you safe. Mm-hmm. And to, you're not like, oh, you're, you're, you know, your brain's not fully developed. Alright, you scot free by. It's like, yeah. uh, good <laughs> luck out you there. You still did the stupid thing. And, and you need to take responsibility And for part it. of the way your brain d- makes these connections is to have to go through the process. Yeah. As sucky as it is. <sighs> and then another yeah. big developmental stage is hormonal. Uh, yeah. And right. recognizing, and this is so every hard. Every month. Yeah, well, <laughs> for some people, you know, every month. And, and it just, you know, it depends. Like, it feels like the 9 to, to 12, 13 years are pretty much boy and girl across the board. We only have parented girls at this mm-hmm. point. But uh, but we have had the opportunity to teach boys. Uh, so I've also been a hormonal boy. I've been a hormonal boy. Once upon a time. <laughs> no. I don't have hormones anymore. <laughs> They're gone. Cut, cut those out. <laughs> Oh, wouldn't that be? He said, not a fan of that, bye. (laughs) (laughs) But it's almost like PMS for three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And and every kid is different. But these hormones are... Boys go through it, too. They do, very much so. And you could smell it. And that's how you know Uh. it's not just girls. As soon as they get out of the shower and they walk past you and they still stink, you're like, aha. (laughs) Oh, we're in that stage. Or are you, uh uh-oh, stinky? (laughs) Teddy! Oh, sorry. (laughs) So the recognizing that hormonal uh, developmental stage is also a cause for conflict, oftentimes between parents and their children, between kids and their peers, between siblings, between um, and that it goes on because hormones are a big part of our lives throughout. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have a friend who started figuring out or became suspicious that something was up with her hormones. It was a thyroid issue because of her emotional reaction oh, to things. Wait, yeah. that can happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pregnancy. Hormones are whack. Hormones are well. Are, they're they, awesome. They can be. They can be. But recognizing then then that those hormones feel that that trigger these feelings and these reactions feel very real. They oh, are yeah. real. Oh, they, and you can't. They're part of your it. perception of reality. Yeah. You're so. valid in your yeah. in your emotions. You guys, we got to get through this. this yeah, I know, okay. I know. Next one. Lack of external socialization. You will understand this one. If I don't get out, then I get sad and I fight people. Yes. <laughs> and so does our so does our most introverted person. When yep, she that's is true, here that's all true. the time and she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't have a chance to connect with one or two friends at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, small group. <laughs> <laughs> she also, and she gets Human, snippy. Yeah, humans are social people. No. Right? And relating to, to the same people all of the time can become boring for some people, can yeah. just become overwhelming this for like some people. like relational cabin fever. Yeah, it is relational. Oh my gosh, I love that term. I, <laughs> I want that on a shirt. And, <laughs> well, and I think couples, even those who feel very dedicated and committed to monogamy, experience a sort of relationship, a relational cabin fever. And that's why some, we need friendships outside sure. of yes. each other. Mm. And we need uh, other other social uh, interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think that's important. All right, guys. And this is controversial for some, I bet, but too much screen time. It's not controversial. But, it's not um, controversial. Do, do, a little, do a little Google searching. And if you, you know, if your gut feeling is there is no such thing as too much screen time. Oh. Without that voice. Um, <laughs> that you'll, I mean, there's plenty of stuff out there yeah. and that's adults too. Oh yeah. When, when, uh, when, I mean, when Le- she's an adult and when you do too much screen time, actually, that's rude of me. When I do too much screen time, <laughs> It affects my relationship. Is this too. a point of conflict for you? It can be. <laughs> when you've had too much screen time. <laughs> or I have. I wrote a paper about this. Do I remember any of it? No. Frontal lobe. <laughs> Read it again. <laughs> no, but like, you're, you're just, you're, 
it's like relating to the same people. Mm-hmm. You know, you need more diversity. Oh, yeah. And yeah. your your eyes get tired and your brain gets tired. Mm-hmm. And when your eyes get tired, you get irritated. Your body gets frustrated. Your body gets oh, frustrated. Oh, you need to move. You need it. I remember when I binge watched all of She-Ra, all four seasons of it. <laughs> this, this I recent, remember I mean, when. This was well, like six you weeks ago. You just dated yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was like within the last month. That's not true. That's two months ago. <laughs> oh, two months. Um, Sorry. My bad. And, and I... I it was like Thanksgiving weekend, and I was watching it. And by the way, I'm still using the excuse that I was watching it for French because I watched it all in French. But the like the third night of of binging, it's like nine o'clock at night, and I'm like vibrating at a high frequency, and I'm like, I need to go out right now, or I'm going to explode. Yes. And I took a walk outside. It was freezing, and I was like, I need to move because I just felt like a gremlin. It's the over. And, it's the overstimulation of your own brain. It's the lack of social interaction. It's the you don't feed yourself well when yeah, when you when you binge watch stuff. You don't um, yeah. you don't sleep well. Yeah. It affects so much. Well, and too much screen time is a passive thing as well. Right. For the most part, yeah. if you're consuming uh, entertainment through the screen, whatever kind it is, it's passive and it's not giving your brain the chance to create. Right. And lack mm-hmm. of creativity, lack of output um, right. becomes, I don't know, it's like a mental, social constipation and right. you got to yeah. do something. Uh, just I, for the record, though, we do love our screen time. Oh, we, we love do. It, obviously. And, we, and we, we need it on a regular basis. We yes. speak on this from... It's just so a, much it's more of a question of balance yes. than it is, you know, good or bad. I think yes. an interesting factor in that in this the, the example that I just used though is that I was watching it in French, so my brain was being intellectually stimulated at a certain level, but then it wasn't doing anything with, with it. it right. So it was like I am consuming French words, but I can't speak so, French. So much or was anything. coming in, right. and you didn't exactly. Have I didn't out, have any output. output. Yeah, to balance it, which led to fatigue. Which yes. is our next point. Fatigue. Fatigue. <laughs> that is Sorry, not our next word. That is not our next point. Sorry, I but it can one. be. It can be. It's okay, it doesn't even matter. Like un- case, so. <laughs> okay, so fatigue. Exhaustion. Yeah. Oh, what tired. People being tired, it is our kids come home from school and they've been interacting all day. They've been controlling themselves all day. Mm-hmm. They've you know, they've got restraint fatigue. They have right. physical fatigue. They have, only have fifteen minutes of recess. Oh, that's only the sixth grader. But yes, that's an issue. There's only fifteen minutes of recess, which she has asked me to help her address with the school. Yes. So um, apparently I will be creating some sort of campaign to be like, hey, sixth graders still need more than fifteen minutes of movement a day. I'll make um, I'll make cards. No, Posters? Right. Yeah, okay. thank you. I, oh, my God. <laughs> it's okay. It was postcards. Is the word that That's came to mind. That's not card, right. Wait a minute. Daddy. Postcards. They're cards. They're Fatigue is a big one, whether it's lack of sleep or it's just Mm. having been on all day, which is why doing a show all day, doing a show for you, going weeks at a time. Uh, If it's insomnia, if it's you have a newborn, if it's you know whatever it is, fatigue is going to be a major catalyst for conflict. Uh, It's going to be why it it can cause a fight in and of itself because you don't think as clearly Mm -hmm. when you're exhausted. You don't. you don't quite uh, focus as well. You certainly don't listen as well. Um, it's it's a huge struggle. Um, what? Oh, bisous. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, that's really that's sweet. Spanish. 
But oh, thank bezos. you. I was like, bezos! <laughs> yes, the French word! You <laughs> Your brain understood. <laughs> Latin languages. I'm so glad I speak only English. All right. Um, so, uh, yes, fatigue. It's, fatigue. And, and, and our kids and us as parents and, and all relationships. It's also it's, why I hit a point in my day oh, yeah. where I'm, I have much less patience for well, anything. Uh, and, and bedtime really needs to happen because yes. I'm tired. I am tired and my brain is done and my relating cup is full and mm -hmm. it's all done. And our kids do too. We have a very clear window oh, yeah. where conflict is most likely to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it shifts sometimes like right after school. Uh, tends to be a really common one. We get home and that's why we have built in. Like we get home, you unpack your lunch. Uh, from This is when you get home from school. You unpack your lunch and then you get 30 minutes of go away, do whatever you need right. to, yeah. but leave right. each other alone. Time. Interestingly enough, as a couple, when when someone comes in after being out, it's the opposite. The opposite. It's, I'm, you know, I say I've been out for a while mm -hmm. and I come home, it's, you get now 30 minutes of whatever you want and I'll be focused yep. on home stuff. Whoever's been the one that's been at home with the children. If I've been home alone, that's not a thing. Sure. But if I've been home alone with just the toddler, yeah. you walk in and you may have everybody else with you. I still get 20 or 30 right. minutes where it's like, ha ha ha, bye. Right. Um, time to check out, time mm -hmm. to get some space and kind of recalibrate. Yeah. We do the same thing for our kids. Feeling unheard, which is the one I skipped <clears throat> a minute ago, uh, is our next one. Uh, yes. Yeah. Feeling unheard. <laughs> you okay? I don't know. I was trying to improvise, but it didn't come out right. So, um, <laughs> You know, because nothing came up. Because you, you couldn't hear me. Because right I wasn't speaking. But also, that doesn't. Anyway, it doesn't even make sense to um, me. Do you expect us to read your mind? Yes. No. Wait. Well, well that's a problem. That is a problem. And feeling unheard can be an issue related to lack of communication skills. It can mm -hmm. be an issue related to mismatched communication skills. It can be an issue related to personality difference. Mm -hmm. It can literally be literally the person's not listening. Unrealistic expectations. Like, yep. you actually do need to be able to read my mind, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. <laughs> um, if, if those. those all can contribute but sometimes feeling unheard is just especially for those of us who tend to listen to react to develop mm. to to devise our response right the person who is sharing can feel very unheard and we have to check ourselves in times of conflict and be like am I really hearing them exactly not not just asking are you really hearing me but also asking right. am I really hearing them yeah right it's gotta go both ways or both will can feel unheard like, right relationship you need to have a relationship, like the touch base time in mm -hmm. your communication to make sure that you're not yeah. just focusing on the fun of communicating, but on the relationship itself. Yes. It's like, uh, like what I've heard a lot is, uh, because I suck at listening or I've gotten better at it, yeah. but it's, um, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of what I've heard is like, you're not listening to me. And they're like, yes, I am listening to you. You just said this. And it's like, okay, so you know what I said, but did you, did you, did you understand? Do you care? D yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You're not listening to what I'm saying. Right. Right. And you're not re you're not receiving it in a way that tells me that it matters to you, right? And that right that is when someone wants to say you're not listening or you never listen, what they're saying is you don't care. We had conflict about uh, me this past summer mm -hmm. with a family member of mine, ours extended family member, and we're not going to name them. And uh, that was a moment for you where you actually said to him. You say you're listening to me. You can say oh, the words right. I said back to you, back to me, but you are not hearing me because you are too busy, determined that I am wrong and you have a point to make with me. Right. And he was like, I'm sorry. 
I, it, he did not expect to be called out on that. Well, I also, like, broke down. You did start crying. Um, and it, it, it really kind of drove home this, this understanding for him, I think, that there is a difference between really hearing someone and understanding and listening to them mm -hmm. um, versus just getting their words so you can turn them back on them. Right. And there is yes. a difference. Uh, lack of consistent bed routine, um, and this includes a bedtime routine, lack of a consistent routine. Uh, this goes for me. I, I, Again, I think when I first thought of this, I was like, children, but actually <laughs> me. It's definitely me too. <laughs> Not me. Uh, whoa. Yeah, okay. Denial. Self of, lack of self-awareness <laughs> is another cause for conflict sometimes. Uh, the, yeah, lack of consistent routine just in general, yes. but specifically when it relates to my sleep, uh, because then mm -hmm. my, my sleep is impacted, the, and it's largely because our bodies do need to go on a kind of rhythm, and right. hormones yeah. all are impacted. Like, mine mine is more also dependent on, uh, on regular food intake, where yours mm -hmm. isn't so much. You right. can skip a meal and be fine, and yeah. for me, it's like once I hit a certain point of not having eaten, I slump. Really bad. Bad. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's. I need the routine. You have to eat on time, or you start feeling awful. Yeah. Um, Brielle asked, and I think this is a great question. Um, relating so hard to relational cabin fever, in regard to being a single parent, which we can't relate to, right. but do have a number of friends that are in that position. Does it make me a horrible parent to say I feel that in regards to my relationship with my kids? Well, if it makes you a horrible person, it would make me a horrible person. The answer is no. And me a horrible <laughs> no, person. It does I don't not. even have kids. <laughs> But yeah, I think it happens with anyone, or oh, yeah. it can happen with anyone. So it stands to reason that it would happen with your children. Of course. Uh, relational fatigue, I think it, it, it's... In, when it comes to children, they depend on you so much. And often people will say to us, seven kids, how do you do it? And I can barely handle one or two or, you know, what, however many they have. Right. And, and I'm like, trust me, it's, I'm pretty sure it's easier because they have more people to relate to. Absolutely. Right. I almost said, oh, well, single parenting. Like I have moments like that when you go out of town, like last week. And no. I'm like, no, actually, no, because I had a 19 year old living here too. And a, and a 17 year old living here too. And that were very much in tune with the family's needs right. and stepped up. Right. And, and, and solo so parenting I, yeah, isn't I wasn't the same solo thing. parenting. Well, solo parenting isn't the same thing as single parenting anyway, because oh. I was coming back. And, yes, and, exactly. And you and I still talked and we had all of those things. So but it's, you can it's, totally have relational yeah. cabin fever with your own children. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And I think most I have it with my parents. But yeah. Of course you do. I have it with people. I, I have it with you. I have it with people who are my, you're my favorite person to be around. I'm and your still, second favorite person to be around. In my top seven. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, physical discomfort and uh, health issues certainly can become a trigger. Which is good because that, to me, I thought of that earlier when you mentioned uh, developmental stages. Mm -hmm. um, because as your body grows too, you can have growing, like, growing pains, which are a real thing. Um, and then, and then hearkening back to, uh, pain and trauma also, yep. if you're in pain, yep. you're in a bad place yeah. and, and you are likely to lash out. Yeah. Um, I cut my finger on Christmas day. That was fun. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that was a nasty cut. Um, <laughs> I and, and I had to, uh, you know, and, and it's just a little thing, but, um, but it does kind of put you on edge, doesn't it? Right. It, it, it it's, yeah. you have to, you, and first of all, it's always on your mind. Like, wow, I can feel my heartbeat in my <laughs> Um, You're like, oh, <laughs> my finger has a heartbeat. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but because that's a distraction for, for me mm -hmm. and, and that, you know, 
it it affects the way I relate to everybody. Absolutely. And it's going to do the same thing for kids. It's going to do... If you're a menstruating individual yep. every course. month, <laughs> if you if you have if physical... You're in a cast. Oh, yep. Yep. Any broken limbs yep. or digits or anything yep. along those lines. Uh, chronic headaches. Yep. Oh, migraines. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and those with fibromyalgia, with oh, yeah. physical pain that's even difficult to, to understand or treat or identify. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many, so many causes. Physical discomfort or physical pain and health concerns, uh, any of that. Can we just say that when it comes to kids, though, when they're just like running around and they slip on whatever and they fall and then two seconds later they're they stub their toe on whatever and then uh, three you know minutes after that they're like i got a sliver and it's like you're constantly hurting yourself like my i'm having a hard time continuing right. to be empathetic with you but while well, at the same time we totally need to keep being empathetic, empathetic. for every yeah. single time everyone is big which is also a developmental stage, by the way. Yes, it's it running is. into all the things. All the things. I ran the top <laughs> of my foot into the dishwasher yesterday, and Ow. it hurts. I do it with my ankle. All and the then time. you're like mad at the yeah. dishwasher, but it comes out at somebody else. And yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, next one. Diet and sugar. All right. <laughs> sugar highs, man. Well, so sugar is is, is <laughs> sugar lows, man. Sugar when lows. you crash, no, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sugar highs, mm. and you're like, wow. And some people get, you know, sensory overload because of that. And even the child or person, <laughs> me, who who has the sugar <laughs> high, <laughs> who even is in the sugar high, can yes. have sensory overload. And then, and then especially the crash, mm -hmm. and then you're like, wow, I eat everything. <laughs> Right. Well, and having a, a diet that is maybe not great for our bodies often oh. ends up not being great for our minds yes. and for oh our emotions. And, and our relationships. And I, our relationships. If I eat foods that trigger acid reflux for me, uh, right, and I'm just like... Needing breaks from each other. Yes. Uh, and it's okay. Brielle mentioned that, you know, she has relational fatigue with her children. Yeah. Uh, the, it, it, I, I hate the saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder, but sometimes <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but yeah. actually, though. <laughs> Any time away from you so I can remember how much, how much I really, I really like you. likes to be with you. Uh, <laughs> I had that phone with my best friend. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's... it's it's normal. It's normal to need space. It's normal yeah. to need breaks. And then, of course, your personality may mean that you need more space or more breaks yes. than others do. And it's it's okay. That's just a different way of... Uh, it's just a different way of being. And, mm -hmm. and that's not a problem. If we don't respect that, though... And in families, it, we kind of have this expectation, like, why do they fight? Why are my kids fighting all the time? Well, I was homeschooled, and we homeschooled you older girls. And I remember there being a moment where I was like... They are literally with each other 24 7. Yes, they are. They share a room. Yep. They they go to the same school in our living room. They yep. they do everything together. I'm getting sick of them. They're getting sick of each other. We all just need, like, we need breaks. <gasps> we have to have. This is where we coined the term quiet time. Well, it wasn't <laughs> that was coined. Part of it. That's been a but brand for a yeah. long time. But yes, that's why we started having regular quiet time, intentionally taking breaks, even if we couldn't necessarily send people away away right. in our own it home like we would you have this time and we are not relating a giant quiet game mm -hmm. for 40 minutes right <laughs> right well and, and we do that during the summer if we're really strict about that uh we get that everybody's maybe at two o'clock when our time usually is they're having a great time and we're like yeah but we're still stopping <laughs> all of the activity yes, we we're still doing quiet time because and an so hour you're your gonna head. be we're gonna want to kill each other yeah right and so we're gonna take breaks oh that's me mm -hmm. so much nostalgia for me 
Miami and mm-hmm. Houston uh, in the we, summer. Yeah. You know, they, we're playing outside and then we go into the AC for quiet time mm-hmm. and then go back outside and get <laughs> sunburned. <Yeah. laughs> Did you get sunburned? We put sunblock on. I hated sunblock, man. <laughs> um, we touched on this earlier, but difference between sibling rivalry, sibling conflict, and bullying. Yeah, I actually, I think we could put that one back at the end. So yeah. we'll go to the next one, um, which I think is huge. Not feeling respected. Yeah. Mm. Not feeling respected. And this is not just about um, not having, like, your boundaries respected, but it's like you're being, like, people, the person doesn't respect you as an individual. Right. Or your mm-hmm. ideas. Or, uh-huh. or your valid, uh, what you consider your valid um, concerns. Uh not feeling respected can can take many uh, forms. It's not about you having power as much as you being truly valued. Um, right. If you are, if you feel like somebody's being patronizing to you or talking down to you or being dismissive, and then you don't feel respected. And that can then to get respect, you can almost it becomes like we're clawing for it uh, right. to try to force them to respect mm-hmm. us, which doesn't actually work. It oftentimes tends to actually make things unravel more but when you feel disrespected it's like how am I going to get the respect and so conflict often ensues yes um I think we can go there oh unresolved history (laughs) so that's and we touched on this also earlier um so conflict that does not uh that that does not um find resolution uh ends up plaguing you mm-hmm. and following you, dogging you for, um, forever. Oh yeah. Pretty much. I struggle with, um, uh, I don't, yeah. I, when I have conflict with people, um, specifically, uh, Helena, who I'm really close to, mm-hmm. um, when we do have conflict and, and my feelings have been hurt and it is unresolved and we have, we have a already, re- we have a relationship of joking around and, mm-hmm. and just having fun together. Um, so when there is conflict and it's unresolved, mm-hmm. I struggle when she wants to be jokey like buddy buddy with me and I'm like bro we <laughs> well and in that mm-hmm. same relationship uh for so long you did for your own amusement and entertainment and sensory seeking you did generate conflict like right. how, you pushed her buttons you annoyed her mm-hmm. because it was at times fun for you yep. so she got to the point where that unresolved history even though we worked really hard to try to resolve every single one of those conflicts uh, for her, it just became every everything you said or did or sideways look or a direct mm. look oh became a point of conflict direction. for her because this unresolved history of conflict between you for right. so or long. we did or we did resolve the conflict, but <laughs> your apology be- means nothing if I don't see a change, change in your, your behavior. behavior. <laughs> the, hurt, the hurt was still there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Still there. Well, and then they compound too. When you right. go to resolve, you try to resolve one conflict, you know, and try to gloss it, whatever. You try to work through a conflict with someone or, or with your kids, mm-hmm. and and then and then in the middle of it, they bring up, well, what about this other thing? And then what about this other thing? Right. And it's all these unresolved conflicts just pile on. Or the and you it, always do that, uh-huh. or you never, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and that's that's that unresolved conflict yep. piling on. And it's it seems e- it, it would be the easier route. To just be like, well, we're not right now. We're not talking about that. We're talking about this, and yeah, you res- you and you resolve it, 
but then you need to, you know, resolve the other yes, stuff. You, then. you can't just be like, okay, well, that was then, and this is now. Right. So, like, you right. need to have to go back to it. Or it will just, you know, history repeats itself. Right. And it festers, and then it, yeah, it just mm -hmm. ends yeah. up nasty. Uh, needing to prove yourself, or the person, or somebody in the conflict, feeling like they need to prove themselves is another uh, common cause for conflict. If they feel that they're not respected, if they feel that they're not valued, if they feel that they're glossed over and not given the same opportunities or, you know, whatever it may be, they may feel that they need to prove something. Maybe they need to prove that they're stronger than somebody else physically and that's why it becomes a physical alter altercation. Or maybe they need to feel like there was a time with you and, and a couple of your sisters where because you were so good with your words and, and by good I mean strong and forceful I was quick. and quick mm -hmm. and they were not, they would sometimes try to to prove that they could verbally spar with you when the truth was they actually couldn't and you needed to learn how to slow down and, exactly. and be able to meet them at their, their own communication style. Um, but I, they I would try and they would get, they would, they would actually work on something that would be extra mean or cruel just to try to prove that they could. Well, then it would suck with our laugh at it. But, well, yes, that was your, that was one of the responses you used for a while with one of them and it just infuriated her so much. So I need to prove yourself because you definitely do it. Is this also a situation where someone feels like they, that the, receiving care and love from someone is conditional? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Um, growing up as the child of an alcoholic parent, um, I know that for me, now what I understand is uh, what I've learned about children of alcoholics. Um, the need to prove myself was, uh, was constant, was an absolute uh, critical part of my development actually mm -hmm. and knowing that now I can see how sometimes that still crops up in not relation to those parents at mm -hmm. all in other relationships where the need to prove myself still becomes so strong mm -hmm. that it can generate conflict okay. that, that has really nothing to do with the person that I'm in conflict yeah. with but but yes because I needed to earn love sometimes and I needed to learn earn acceptance or I needed to earn their attention right. um, that was that was really a common thing mm -hmm. um, and it's something that being aware of I now know oh that's a trigger for me and that can trigger conflict in relationships that I that have nothing to do with this mm. and I have to <laughs> Go to therapy and work on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So um, we did mention earlier that there's a marked difference between um, sibling rivalry, conflict, and bullying. That rivalry tends to happen when kids, children, our own children, usually with parents, but it can happen in, rivalry can happen in classroom settings. Sure. Rivalry can happen in ballet studios. We've seen that. Oh my um, God. And theater and rivalry well, thrives in, in, in performing arts. Yeah. yeah and performing sports. Arts and sports. And, yeah. So rivalry is really common. It's not necessarily something we, we tend to think of it as it's just this awful thing. Well, competition is uh, is sometimes a good thing. It's learning how to balance it. But when it comes to your children, they should never feel like they're in competition for your love and affection. Right. As long as it's not like their self worth isn't tied to exactly. um, the outcome right. of and the their rivalry. attachment to their mm -hmm. their people. I know a family where sibling rival rivalry is like that's that's their way of life. Yeah, it is. Like mm -hmm. I know which family. I, yeah, and the oldest one is the par both the parents. It's 
they're, their favorite mm-hmm. favorite favorite mm-hmm. child. That's pretty and then, obvious. And then the the, 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 the two, two younger ones. ones are constantly fighting with each other, like being to horrible get, with each to other to get the attention of their parents. Yeah, they don't really do a whole lot with the oldest child no. because they know they can't they, they can't they touch can't, them. Right, but with each other, it's right. constant. Uh, That's where it's unhealthy. Right, because they're and it's and it's hard. And I, I love this family, and they're a lovely family in so they many are, ways. Yeah. But also see how unresolved trauma for the parents both has led to this. Sure. Right. And um and they know it. They know it. They they oh, are working really? on it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, that's good. They know it, and they're working on it. But it's a struggle. It's right. really really hard. But so sibling rivalry. As long as your children never feel that they're they're in competition for your time, your attention, your affection, your love, mm. um, and having their needs met. Uh, it, both emotional and physical needs, uh, then then rivalry sometimes is just about trying to figure out how you relate with other people and your place and and that kind of thing. I know sibling rivalry can also be like who whose is whose thing, right? You oh, know, yeah. yeah, which can also become an interpretation of love. Like I, you got this thing, but I didn't, so this means that you are loved more. Right. We're not talking objects. We're talking like, well, ballet is my thing. Exactly. Right. And right. piano's my thing. Or right. even within piano, this was me and my brother. Well, that particular piece of music is his thing. I'm not touching that. Right. Oh. Even still, I'm like, don't play my music. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's because I'm working on it. Right. I'm like, oh, I don't play it. Um, but like, even with, I remember for me, like drawing, like you know, I drawing, sketching oh, can be yeah. your thing. This particular type of drawing can be my thing. Um, and then my yeah. younger sister gets into drawing and starts doing the style that I was doing, and I'm like. That's my thing. Right. And oh my gosh, I was so mean. You were. I was so mean. And then she she ended up. Is being, your name on it? She ended up being more comfortable in that style than you were. Mm. I know. Lord, she was better at it. She was better at it. And Which boy, that pissed me made off. you so mad. You were jealous, and you were. I did some mean things. I would like crumple up. The no. I would. Oh. A little bit. Yeah, well, jerk. I know. I was a jerk. Oh. Well, sh- sh- I, it, but that is, I was a jerk. But you were jerk. <laughs> it was. It was. You were insecure and you were jealous. Yes. And you were you were afraid of losing your place as this being your thing. And a lot of that comes from needing to have your identity uh, firmly rooted and secured. But it's hard as a kid to have... You aren't going to be who you are at seven years old when you're 14. And there's growth and there's change and there's development. And that's that's really hard. So rivalry is normal. Conflict is normal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, conflict is, I believe, healthy. I, I believe that children need to see and experience conflict. Adults need to have conflict. We're allowed to be people who are individual and have our own thoughts and ideas and defend well, them. Well, how are you going to coexist if you don't have conflict to right. work on things that, you know, are problems for each other? Well, there's, there's healthy conflict. conflict and there's destructive conflict, right. and I can I can share ideas and you can disagree with me and we can have conflict over that, but we can also learn from each other and respect each other in yeah. that conflict. And in the end, we can disagree or we can find ways to agree and live together and be better for it. And we can compromise with conflict, and sometimes that is the wrong response. We don't want to compromise. I'm not going to compromise some values um, mm. because I believe in them. But then we have to figure out how we work together and live together. Or then sometimes we realize that there are people that we don't work together with and we don't live with and we don't spend a lot of time with. And that's hard for me because I want to be like, we can all figure out how to get along, but there are some people who are toxic and don't right. engage in healthy conflict. And if that's the case, then I'm going to have to protect my own mental health and relationships. Yep, yep, huh? And we're not doing that. And then there's a, a distinct difference between all of that and bullying. Bullying. And, and bullying is its its own thing. Uh, bullying is is 
a whole different conversation, but we just, we don't want to make it sound like, hey, this is how you handle um, all forms of conflict, including bullying uh, and sibling rivalry and sibling conflict and relational conflict and romantic conflict or domestic violence. Or they, it, there are distinct differences here, mm -hmm. um, and it's important to acknowledge those. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we made it through We made it to the end of our list. Wow, <laughs> it's been a long... <laughs> Next week, we're going to be talking about conflict resolution and what we have learned in our family, some of the methods we use. Uh, we'll even demonstrate one of them for you. Oh, no. Yeah. The peace path. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Me too. Can I be the moderator? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll all right. Thank you all. This is We're All Human here, and we're your hosts. Lavinia. Jeremy. Oh. <laughs> Jeremy. <clears throat> Lavinia. And Jessica Martin Weber. We are uh, going to be back next week, same time. We'll be talking about conflict resolution. Uh, and even if this is something that, when it comes to parenting, if should we help our children with conflict resolution or should we just let them have at it and figure things out? There's actually a study about this and we'll be talking a little bit about that study. Uh, you can find us, our podcasts are also available on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you enjoy listening to a, your favorite podcast. We hope we're one of them. Please do us a favor, comment below with your thoughts about what we said today. Yeah. If any of this resonated, if you have any questions. I don't have any questions. Oh. I'm glad to hear that, I guess. You looked at me when you said it. other sources of conflict that we missed. Yes, indeed. Thank you all. This has been We're All Human here. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.